Good morning. Yes. Yeah. All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Laura. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader, Pennsylvania, from the Philly area. Um, really grateful to be here today. I was so happy that to have asked me. Uh, I'm going to get. I have. I like to bring a little photo album and kind of pass around just to just to share. Um, and we talked and decided that I would kind of start with um, the doctor's opinion and just kind of um, go through just parts of that that have really spoken to me. Um, I My story, I came in young. I was 17, and that was kind of before the time when the big book was really, you know, a big a big thing in the OA world. Um, so I did have the... The, the blessing of going, being able to go through the steps that way with Tova, actually, which is really cool um, that we're doing this together. So I am going to start with the doctor's opinion and just things that in that in that part that really speak to me. Um, so I, starting on the first page, XXI, just the, this idea of hopelessness. And we, when we went through... One of the notes I had was just like the, the definition, unable to be changed or improved. And I can remember being, I was 17. Um, I grew up in recovery. I grew up with recovery around me. I have a family member that's in the program. Um, and I was, I'm one of four, and I was the one that it came out earliest in life. And as you can see in pictures, you know, I, I, there are siblings that are very, quote, you know, normal size alongside of me. and. and at that time, I hated it. I hated it that I was, like, the one that got what mom got. But and now I'm, it's, like, it's such a blessing because my siblings, you know, their various addictions have come out. Two, two down. One, one looks, one's kind of normal-ish. But, like, you know, we all have, we all have our, you know, it, it's all coming out. But mine was just early. Mine was early in life. Um, but that idea, I just remember just kind of, like, yeah, I binge and I'm fat and I'm just going to, like, accept my life. And... Um, settling for that um, forever. Um, XXI, the next page, it, it talks about, oh no, same page, sorry, it talks about the methods. Um, down the bottom, the other methods had failed completely. Like my entire life, it was, I mean, as a kid, it was just kind of like, I don't know, I overate, overate, overate. I didn't really do anything to try to control it, just because I was fat and miserable. And um, But then into high school, the diets, exercise, and the restriction, I did a certain diet, I don't know, I probably don't mention specific ones, but one okay. we can here, okay, mm-hmm. the Atkins diet was really big in the early 2000s, and I did that, and lost 25 pounds, um, and I played high school tennis, and like at that, and during my high school years, I was like, you know, normal-ish looking, <laughs> um, but it was so, it was so through means of control, I was, you know, we just would binge on the weekends, and then just like not eat much and run a lot, and I am a runner, and so I guess that's probably how I got good at it, <laughs> um, but yeah, that I did the Atkins diet um, right before Thanksgiving, which is really it's really cool that this is November. This is my coming in anniversary month, and um, lost twenty five pounds. And I was like, cool, I'll just I'll never eat carbs again. I'm good, you know. I'll be I'll be I'll be great. And that was kind of the last straw before coming in to program. Like I was kind of like that was my my bottom. I, I felt I, I remembered, you know, our literature talks about being fat, being thin, unhappy instead of fat, unhappy. I remember. You know, maybe being, I don't know, four months off of sugar and basically any carbs and going to my mom and just saying, I still just feel like I don't feel happy. And she gave me a, one, one certain book, not a program approved, but just 
it just like that whole yeah i'm still not happy and um they didn't work um xxii um yeah the, the part that talks about oh just our like what we what we what we gain from this program the unselfishness the community spirit they believe in themselves just this description um of what we become when we go through this process um they believe in themselves and still more in a power which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death and i grew up with with the concept of a higher power um i grew up in a faith community and i've learned since then that that particular that institution doesn't work for me now in my life but it set the groundwork so I always had a relationship with God but um that concept of God like didn't allow me to believe in my still myself um I believed in God and I could see miracles in my life and I was probably the one out of my siblings that was like the most <laughs> the least the least needing to be bribed to go to church I, I was the most churchy girl but um <laughs> but it was like I would just you know eat and it just be like yeah God doesn't care about this part and and here it was like the biggest part of my, this for me was my biggest miracle and I was it really limited my concept of God but um, through absence and recovery it's like that is those were the gates that you know I was pulled back from just that horrible life of you know for me binging and isolation and just not really at all reaching anything near my fullest potential um, XXIV it talks about how we're um, the effect that's produced the you know when we put when I put for me it's sugar and and white flour um, I don't eat a lot of flour in general but definitely the refined stuff the white stuff for me is is that this are my that's it's out there alcoholic foods for me and when I put them in my body um the effect you know it's I'm chasing after that effect of just being numbed out and I can remember um, my parents had a freezer down in the basement as a kid, and I would love late night just go down and they're like we had members of BJ's, you know the the the, the wholesale clubs, and there's always stocked because I'm one of four kids, you know, and stocked with frozen things, and just like I would spend time with friends, but then just go home and it would be just like back and forth from the freezer, and it just was like numbing out. I'd be with people um, for the evening, but then I really would either be eating through it or then just be like I want to get out of here so I can do that and that just was like total isolation and not and not living um yeah so on the next page xxv the hope is in the entire this whole entire psychic change I just remember reading that for the first time when going through this um sorry at the top and I had that circled, and because I, I, I can remember thinking like I just need somebody to get inside my brain and just change things so I don't do this. And <laughs> and like this 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 book tells us that this is this really does happen. You know, this really does truly happen when things are shifted, and it's not just oh I don't need. You know, it's been a long time since two thousand six that I haven't you know, like I haven't put these things in my body, um, which is crazy. Um, but it's not just that, it's it's this the shifting of the way that I my brain is and my spirit is and I like that, that feeling I had when I was seventeen that oh I'm thin but I just something's not right. Like that's what we get from, from this program. Um, all right, so X X V I, the next page. Um, yeah. 
that, that over, overcome by a craving beyond our mental control. Um, for me, that was, I put that, I wrote down for me, <laughs> I was, I did this Atkins diet and it was like, okay, carb free forever. And then it was Thanksgiving and I made myself an Atkins friendly cheesecake and I ate, the, I ate the entire thing. And then I was off to the races. And thank God I did that. Thank God for that recipe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that that was what really brought me to my knees. Like, okay, I'll go to this weird meeting with mom. And I was in high school <laughs> and I was by far the youngest and I just um do you know but I but that was what it took it took me really seeing like I put this in my body and I can't stop and that was just a clear indication even this thing that I thought was like part of this diet that I just would be on forever that would save me it didn't it didn't work um entire abstinence xxvi talks about um nothing can cure me you know except not putting these things in my body and continuing on this spiritual path um the next page um from a trembling despairing nervous wreck had emerged a man brimming with self-reliance and contentment and you know i'm definitely in a phase of life where i'm I'm feeling i'm in my 30s and i'm not i'm not i'm not in a relationship and i'm like okay just trying to find my place in it but at the same time i don't feel lost i feel like i know that there's a plan but i'm not a trembling despairing nervous wreck and that's like that's what I, I would be that, you know, and so like, I just would be buried. Like I would have no concept of self. And um, like right now I just kind of in a place where I'm waiting for the next step for my higher power. And it's not, it's not comfortable for me, but it's, it's, you know, they, they're coming. The, the signs are, the indications are coming to where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I'm learning like right now, this is where I'm supposed to be right now in this moment. Um, and then on the next page, it talks about the complexity of the disease. It just touched every single area of my life. It wasn't just that I could, I would eat these foods and I would get fat and I would control and it would be like, no, it would be like weekends. I can remember being in middle school. I teach, I teach middle school now at that age and like I see kids do it. And I, there are probably so many kids walking around, you know, the little compulsive readers, but I would like not do any homework the whole weekend and then it'd be like, oh, tomorrow's Monday. And just, it just would be like binge fest and like do these half, half, you know, hearted attempts at, work and it just was nothing nothing I got I did fine in school but it just was settling for like this fine like I'll just be fine and feel really bad about myself always um (coughs) yeah and just just to kind of sum this up the spiritual I have written at the bottom of the doctor's opinion the spiritual solution is the only thing that works it's the only thing that works like the diets don't work even like the years of going to OA before we really got deep into um you know like the big book it, it just it doesn't work um and it just i it it just doesn't um and this really felt this really brought it full circle for me when i had the experience of going through the big book um because for a while i was like i don't i don't relate to that talking about alcohol you know but then I have been listening to A Vision for You for a while, and I just, like, I just really saw, like, wow, this really gets deep down, and that's where I need to be. Um, how are we doing on time? I just don't want to. I think we have plenty of time. Okay, cool. Oh, so, yeah. So, that was kind of, like, I kind of separated how I planted the doctors. I want to kind of, like, delve into that and then incorporate, you know, sort of parts of the big book within just kind of, like, my story. Um, so, starting on... Um, in in the book far uh, farther beyond the beyond the Roman numerals on page forty one, um, 
it says, yeah, there had been no power in him. There had been no power in him than there was in me at that moment. And that was, um, where is that down? Somewhere in the middle, maybe. I don't have it marked. Oh, is it 14? I, I was a little bit dyslexic with numbers. Here we go, 14. Okay, thank you guys. Um, yeah, so just talking about how each day, each day, like I am the same, I'm at the same spot as somebody who's coming in day one. Um, there is no power, you know, I, I've i been coming around a long time, but I'm still just so humbling to remember that. Like, it's like, yeah, I'm still made of the same stuff as the person that's coming in with zero and it's just so humbling to remember that like if I'm in this place of trying to grab life by the you know the bull by the horns and make things happen and right now it's really tempting because I'm like what's going on I'm 32 and like it's easier to live this like you know serene settled life when you're like in a family like this is my illusion it's like yeah but then there's there's other it just I'm, I'm I've been really kind of in a in-between place and it's just part of where I'm at um but if I go back to the food, like, I'm back where, like, it could happen any moment. And it's just, like, such a healthy fear that I try to carry really close um, with me always. Because if that goes, then everything goes, you know. And it's it just, it's so easy to lose sight of everything that I've been given when I'm not satisfied with this, that, or the other thing. Because it's not how I thought life was supposed to be. Um, all right. So kind of chronologically going back, I kind of mentioned some of these things. Early indications of, like, um, definitely qualifying for being this chair <laughs> when I was a kid. I have some of my earliest memories, um, hiding cookies in my backpack. I had a situation where like was kindergarten and I had like store brand cookies and had like strategically put them in my book bags. I wanted them, but I wanted them when I wanted them. And my mom went to put a signed paper in my bag and it was like, this feeling of terror like I had to go and like tackle my backpack and like not let her find it and um that's just not that's not normal um um every weekend binging then it would be like okay I'll just do this every weekend but just every Friday would be like the Jaws music doing it doing it like like it's gonna like when is it gonna start like it was it was excitement but it was also like okay get ready brace yourself you're about to feel horrible for three days straight and it's really powerful now I'm teaching actually one period in the high school where I went um and it's like kind of every day like whatever kind of day I'm having it's just like very like I walk around the halls and I can just remember like feeling how I felt and refeeling you know it's it's been a little bit emotional this year um in that situation um because it was just like yeah like living that was how I lived and I had I had friends from the outside I looked like I had it together especially like definitely as you can see early pictures I was overweight as a child but in high school I was like kind of just like normal-ish you know as an athlete I was on a sports team I learned how to control it um yeah but it was started with binging every weekend and then it spilled out into the weeks you know through the day the days of the week and I just can remember like getting through high school like getting a diet soda and a large cookie <laughs> and and that was my lunch that was my lunch and now while well, I'm playing high school tennis I run a lot I'll just run a lot I won't eat a lot tomorrow. Just so unhealthy, so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, before that time, though, sixth grade was the big, like, fifth to sixth grade. I was always kind of like a chubby kid, but it was, like, cute chubby. And then fifth to sixth, it was, like, an, a significant weight gain. And it was a lot of friends' issues, which, you know, and I teach that level now. And there's just so much 
especially girls. Girls are mean. And But I will say the last night I was with those girls that were mean. And it, I, I see myself regress a little bit, but it's like, you know what, I'm not in that I'm not in that world anymore, you know? And it's just, like, so freeing. Just, I, if I had never come into program, I probably would have had, like, several fallings out with all of them, and I wouldn't be at that dinner. But, um, yeah, like, I just felt so less than. So just, yeah, like, a lot. I just, I, I ate, you know? I, I sat, I had friends that were really cruel to me, and I isolated and just learned. That was a big year of learning how to eat. Um I managed through high school, I mentioned that. Um, yeah, friend issues. I, like, I had a pretty toxic friendship as a kid that, you know, I can see my codependent patterns start very early in life. And she was just very emotionally abusive to me. And it was like, I, but I couldn't talk about it because I was fat. I couldn't talk about that. Because when I, when I did, it was like, I felt trying, like it was like I was this project that had to be fixed and I couldn't share about my friend issues because it just, it just made me feel like a loser. I don't want to talk about being a loser to anybody. So I just dealt um and it's always about planning the next binge you know I would be with people like I my friendships improved kind of I found a new friends group but it was like yeah I'm with you guys kind of but like not there I was always like okay how can I sneak and get the next thing and not be with you guys or go home and do what I really want to do um I just was very like average in school like I I got I got by all right you know just but but you know, not a four O student, but three something, you know, <laughs> middle, middle, of the, like very like middle of the road, like middle, like, like, but I just learned how, how can I still do this, but still be like me, like immediately relive this meh, meh life, life. That's not horrible. It's not great. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just like settling, um, that I mentioned binging on the, the cheesecake and that brought me into my first day of meeting with my mom and I didn't speak like I was like this is weird I'll just be in the back I'm not gonna even raise my hand I'm like not even a, an adult I'm 17 and this is weird and this you guys are all my mom's age and um <laughs> little did I know that these would all be like since from 17 I'm 32 now like just like all these I've had a lot of mommies in my life, and it's just, it's been really, it's been really a blessing. Like, people don't get that, you know? Most people get one mom, and I love my mom. But it's nice just to have lots of them. Um, so I got a sponsor, right? And that was something that was kind of the first step. I started to make calls, and I can remember feeling like this is just weird. It's so weird, but I'm going to do it. But it just, it's what people did. Then I got a sponsor, and... Um, that was what helped like getting a sponsor really helped me because it was like somebody that actually cared about me and somebody to be accountable for I basically took her food plan and was like okay I'll do this the weighing and measuring thing it was like eh that's weird but then I can remember one one holiday just like how much do I need I have this piece of I don't know how much I should have and I just like I'll pop it on the scale and see what happens and it was like oh (laughs) like for me it was like oh wow all this like mind chatter stops you know and so for me that works it's not for everybody for me it 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 eliminates the amount of time wasted because I don't have to make decisions and less decisions I have to try to make the better um so I went into college abstinent I I struggle I didn't get abstinent right away but it was like within that first year and then I remember spring of 2005, or the fall of, fall of 04, no, of 05, yeah. I started college and it was like, wow, I had a first abstinent semester of college. And I would, but I would like very much not, I was not 
I went, I lived in, on campus, but I was very close to my parents' house. So I went back and forth. And it was really just like protecting my abstinence, which, it, you know, I worked on the weekends and was very social just because that time of life is, it's everybody's binging. Everybody's, you know, stuff's coming out. And I just was still really trying to safeguard it. Um, I relapsed that year. And thank God that was my, that was my relapse that I pray is my only relapse. I mean, God, God has his plans, but I just, it was really a bottom where I went back to the food and I regained 25 pounds, you know, just like that within the course of a semester. Um, and it was, it had progressed because it says it does come back stronger. And I was driving from one place to the next and it just was like, it got, it got bad real quick. And it was just, um, but I just kept coming back and I remember like really not wanting to. And, but I would have weird, like, now I know they were little God signs. I remember, like, binging my brains out on a Friday night and just saying, God, if you want me to go to this morning meeting in Downingtown, you're going to have to wake me up. And my sister's, like, alarm in the next room went off, like, at, like, 8 o'clock. The meeting's at 8.30. It's like, okay, I guess we're going. <laughs> you know, with plans to stop and get donuts on the way home. I could totally remember it. And I just remember showing up and just being like, this is where I am. And people said, keep coming back. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to hear that. But, okay, well... And I, and I did, and it worked. And that summer, that spring, I got it back. And that's the current absence I have from 2006 until now, which is such a miracle in my life. Um, but I was still like, I was like, okay, I have it now. I have to be, like, super safe with it. And uh, part of my story, I'm a, I'm a language teacher. And back then, I, I mean, I went to school for education. And studying abroad is something that you do if you're going to be a language teacher but it was like and I had been to Spain there's early pictures I was an exchange kid an exchange student in, in a city in Spain when I was uh, 13 and it just really was an impactful time for me but I mean I, I definitely ate my way through it but it was still like my higher power put that desire in my heart as a young kid even with the food like I had that like love for um this language and culture and so I was talking to my sponsor the same one at the time we're still very close um, I just said, like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't think I can study abroad because I'll be, like, in a different country. And something she said to me, like, really changed the course of my life. She said, this program is about life. And and I went, and it was, like, it worked out. I studied in the south of Spain, and I was involved with OA in Spain on several, a couple of occasions, and went to meetings, and it was, like, I lived with the host mom, and I just said, I can't have this, that, or the other thing. And it wasn't exactly what I ate every day, but... God allowed it to work, you know, it allowed, he allowed that to work so that I could have this full experience and was able to, to do my fifth step right before leaving, which is really powerful. I just felt like, like free, like free, you know, go to this, just like experience. Cause we feel as compulsive readers, I can see for myself, I feel everything extremely intensely. So it's like the, the really hard stuff I feel, I really feel when I'm abstinent, but the really good stuff I really, really feel too. And travel is a big part of who I am. Um, and there's been other situations since then. So I was, um, yeah, I decided, like, that trip really changed the course of my life. I, I knew I wanted to go back, so, like, I had worked for me. So I was like, well, if that's possible, then anything is. And I, I, I kind of went against the grain, like, with teaching. It's a very, like, linear profession. And I was like, no, I'm going to go to Spain. <laughs> and and I went and I taught, I taught in Madrid for a year and was, like, really – like just embraced by OA in Spain and that that group it's like it's probably the strongest group in Madrid where I was living in the, in the country and went to like a conference with them and it was like they were it allowed me I went I didn't know anybody I went to this different country and like like 
I have that adventuresome spirit that my higher power gave me, but also the safeguard of having knowing that I have people there and I have people at home. And this is pretexting. Like I didn't. We had like these little phones that you had to put credit on, <laughs> and then if you ran out, you couldn't communicate with anybody except if you were on Wi on. Um, I guess it was Wi Fi. Yeah, but it was all like I had all these emails from all my support system back here carrying me through, and because I just knew if I wasn't absent, everything else was gonna go. And during that time, I had a brother that went to rehab. I had my family back home. It just was like everything was kind of coming. Undone it seems because we're all it's a family illness you know I grew up with um, it's, it's it's in it's in our it's in our gene pool um, so it was a really tough time but I was far away and um, came back and started teaching in this country and I really had to like set boundaries with with family of origin which was really hard because I just my position my place in the family I just absorb everybody's stuff and I had to with the help of their therapy has has been has been a part of my story all along. But I had to set some healthy boundaries, um, and it was the hardest thing. But I just, yeah, it's what it's what I needed. And relationships then weren't the greatest with my family, and I think it's like we start to like we start to change, and it's like it's it's hard, and it's hard for everybody to kind of, you know. It was just the time, and but since then, that was about ten years ago. Like my relationships have just so have have just improved little by little. Sometimes it's hard to see, but at that point certain ones I wasn't talking to and like now we're all talking and like you know everybody I have family members that are dealing right now they're in the kind of the beginning stages of dealing and I'm just you know as much as I can kind of view the negativity the negative sides of being in a place where I don't really get where I am like I don't really I'm a little bit feeling a little bit floaty right now to be honest but I was given this 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 disease touched my life so like this was if this wasn't addressed when I was 17 if I was just starting now I wouldn't have a life. I wouldn't be, I would not be where I am at all. Um, you know, just all the support, like being able to study for, you know, for, that, you know, the degrees that I have. Like just like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have enough value in myself. I wouldn't have enough self-worth to even try anything, you know, to to learn that I love to speak another language. Like that would be, I didn't even like follow, I didn't, that was, I was just going to be like, yeah, it'll be in my minor. I'll like have that. But now it's like, I love when I speak this language I'm alive and that's because that's you know we're all different people and that's the that's who my higher power made me to be and um but that would uh, not wouldn't have been uncovered if I was in the food because I just was settling for this like status quo life um so I would jumped right into a codependent relationship because that's what you do when you're 24 you're like okay I got my first job I'm ready to that's what you do so I found myself a, a winner and <laughs> and four and a half years later just like really had like my bottoming out of that I mean I'm still whatever the codependency is like, endless like whatever it's a day it's a day by day tricky thing but I saw myself just kind of switch you know jump kind of jump right into that and but my higher power saved me from, you know, making a choice that would have really altered my life. And um, it's been three and a half years since then. Um, but and when I, I was in, a, it was a four and a half year relationship, and it was, it was, you know, it really could have took, taken me down. It really could have, and it didn't. And things just kind of they worked out because that's how my higher power works. If I stay abstinent, things really work out. And I mean, suddenly in my life, the rug was pulled out and I had like lived in one place. And then the next week I was back home at my parents and it was like, wow, like this is crazy, but that's life. That's, you know, it's, it's, that's what happens in life. And I chose not to be, I was blessed. I won't say I chose, I was, my higher power protected me and kept me, kept me abstinent through that. So I didn't get back in the food. And 
it's been three it's been going on four years february would be four years since i've been single and it's like not what i thought what the plan was but since that time i look at the experience i've you know paid paid rent by myself lived alone for three years like i've just had this independence that i needed because i got really codependent before and you know it just was another another level of disease you know and I've like I'm a big traveler and I've you know I went back to Spain twice and taught in China you know like I've done these life experiences that I wouldn't have done my my life has like opened up in terms of friendships and all of that friendship stuff in the past I realized I never really fully dealt with that and now I really do have abundant friendships and it's still complicated because people are people are complicated but (laughs) you know at the end of the day I'm learning how to like really have the best possible relationships with people um yeah and like travel like that's like who god made me i feel the closest to my higher power when i am really far away because i'm just i'm just i'm I, I just need to be and it's um i've seen you know just these really clear god signs along the way of i'm going to take care of you and it starts with as simple as you know i'm going to allow there to be the food that you need in this in this foreign country because we know that's where it starts and I've had I had one really particular hard day this past trip I was traveling alone and you know just trying to find my place with people in their 30s and like it, it just was a confusing day and then I had to travel by myself to this little town <laughs> by myself like and it was the plan but I just knew like I just needed to really cling to my higher power and like I had my way to measure food and I was like it starts here and just like doors just open I put people people are placed in my path like go here go there and like it just really comes back to step three like it's just like turn everything out like you know uh, whatever whatever you want God this is what this is where I am I can't I can't control and like when I get to that place with anything not just when I'm traveling but especially when I'm traveling because I need my full brain and I need you know I do speak the language but it's still a different different world it's it's you know it's it's you just I, that's when I feel like the angels come in I have had so many angels come in that you know God with skin on um and I feel I just feel carried taken care of because if I can live in a different country and still be abstinent it's like it's this is this is my what this is God's will for me everybody's will is different everybody's God's will for everybody's different but that was what it looked like for me and it's God signs pop up everywhere when we're, when I'm seeking like I do do 10 steps on a regular basis they really help me um I do I really I do an inventory at night and try as much as I can just to stay in close contact because I need help like with each little decision sometimes I'll have a day where I'm like I don't know the next thing to do because I want to like my black and white thinking is like I'm either going to do nothing or I'm going to like do a, a laundry list of a thousand things and I just sometimes it's like give me the next step and it's that same surrender you know the same with the food when I was like I can't like just trying to get abstinent again, like help me, God, stand between me and the food so that I don't eat. It's that same whatever. When my addict mind is saying, I need this, I need that, I need the other thing, that's when I just need to be like, stop, like get on my knees and steps one, two, and three. Um, I kind of wrap this up. I <sighs> leading sponsees through the through the steps has been has been really powerful for me right now I'm not and I'm like I'm wanting I've it's been it's been great I've kind of like started with a few and then people just aren't ready and it's that can be frustrating um because I know that I've gained so much and it's been it's been hard having sponsees for years and then they and having them just kind of go away but it's it's also helped me with you know learning that you know nothing's nothing's for sure like God God is the one thing my higher power is the one thing I can count on and people come and go but you know, it's it's not for nothing, but I know that it just really helps it to carry the message. Um, 
And right now, as I, I, I mentioned, like, being in my 30s, feeling like whatever. There's a lot of, like, societal pressures right now, especially with social media and stuff. And it's just, like, I'm not – I'm feeling very much in between. But I'm not in my disease and I'm not overeating. And, um, you know – it can still come out in the forms of control. And that's when I have to go back to step one. Like when I'm clinging to anything, it's like, okay, I'm powerless over whatever. Um, there's never a reason to eat. No matter like the worst of the situations, their food will always just magnify the problem. And having this, this issue, I remember growing up, even as a kid, why do I have to be the one of the four that has this thing that mom has? And now this problem has given me a form of drawing me closer to my concept of God, which is always changing. Um, and, you know, the book I don't know where it is but it talks uh, like the the Abby part I don't know the page but like I think that's what it is like uh, he brought good tidings I just remember like thinking of um yeah like having other family members just being like you know stay like trudge trudge the road of happiness together you know like every day I go to my face-to-face meeting I have a great face-to-face home group and um it's like people keep you in it and they're like yeah remember how it was and like, the rest of the world doesn't get that, you know? Like, I feel I felt plagued by having this thing. But in reality, like, who else has this, like, like step-by-step guide of how to live life, how to do life? Like, I feel very blessed to have mm-hmm. that. Um, and I'll just um, – answers come, you know, as I wait. Um, and I completely stay rooted in the program and powerless over anything and com- rigorously honest. You know, rigorously honest, just saying, like, this is um, – this is what this is what's up and just say it and then move on and you know and I can I don't need to like go back to the food and if this is possible then anything like this is possible so that's kind of where um I'll leave off but I just uh, this is really I'm so grateful that to have asked me to to share this with her today because yeah it's a really it's good for me to think back of what where life was you know and that was do the math. I haven't even, I'm like losing track 32 to 17. That's a lot of years. Probably should know that because I usually say anniversaries at meetings. Um, but yeah, I'm coming up on whatever that math is. <laughs> doesn't matter, just for today. Um, yeah, but I'm really grateful for this for this program and for the opportunity to um, to share with people that are new. Keep coming back. It really, it really does work. So thanks so much. Thanks, Laura. I'm Tova, recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. I'm gonna cry like the whole time. I think maybe I won't. I don't know. <laughs> My first, I feel like the first handful of meetings that I went to, I cried through the whole thing, and I couldn't verbalize why I was crying. Um, and I actually, in a lot of ways, like compared myself out while I would be at meetings. So I was crying, but I was also thinking like well, it's not as bad as that person, and why are they talking about their cat dying, and, like, you know, (laughs) like, random stuff, but, um, or I'd be thinking about, like, Laura shared, like, where am I going to go and pick up food on my way home from this meeting, Um, but it's, um, it's a similar, like, this time of year, so my, um, the anniversary of when I put the food down is October 30th, so my first day of abstinence was Halloween mm-hmm. of 2012. Um, and so it's a time where I like think a lot about mm-hmm. what brought me to that point and how far God has taken me since then and carried me. And I like look around the room and there's people who have literally changed my life. Who God placed in my life, it's so crazy. 
in the full circle, like, the person who has sponsored me is the one who was like, okay, Tova, like, when I was early in my absence, you need to build your network of support. And that's really important, I think, early on, because I don't want to, you know, we we can't be making sponsors a higher power. They're humans, and they're going to mess up and disappoint us. And it was important also to hear different perspectives. And so the first person that she put me in touch with was Laura. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then to just think about, like, how the rigorous honesty that Laura talks about, like, that's real. Like, I... Mm-hmm she's rigorously honest she's really doing this work and sometimes it's really hard and um I think sometimes it's easier to see God in other people and so to think about like all the different things that God's brought you through mm. it's just like it's so amazing um I should say the third step prayer <laughs> okay God I offer myself to you to build with me and do with me as you will Relieve me of the bondage of self so I may better do your will. Take away my difficulties so that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of your power and your love and your way of life. May I do your will always. Amen. So I was going to talk about um, Bill's story, which is a good thing because I realized when you were talking that there's pages missing in here of the doctor's opinion. And you can see my book's like falling apart and my daughter thinks it's fun to... Yeah. take the pages out and play with them yeah <laughs> so um I guess the biggest thing is I've been reflecting on um what brought me to OA and then where God's taken me since then is um the progression of my disease um and the progression of my recovery and so in looking at Bill's story thinking about the progression and um what I've heard people share that I have written here is that I felt the way he felt and I thought the way that he thought, and I ate the way that he drank. And um, so in the beginning, when um, on the first page, when he's talking about um, love and applause and war and moments sublime, food for me in the beginning um, was exciting, and it was social, and it was comforting, and it was a good thing. And it actually helped me through a lot of challenging things in my life. Um, and I, you know, it was a part of, like, celebrations, and it was a part of big family dinners, and it was, like, ice cream before bed, and it's, like, you know, this, like, soothing thing. Um, and then, I don't know, I had this thing, like, very early on, like, wanting to prove myself and to prove to the world that I was important, but also feeling like I wasn't anything. It's this weird combination that I think a lot of addicts feel. So on page two, when he says that, I, I proved to the world I was important. Um, I really identify with that. Um, and when, and and looking at like who Bill's heroes were on page two, like his heroes were business and financial leaders. Um, it wasn't. That was what was important to Bill, and what was important to me was to be important. It was for people to like me and think that I was important. Um, it wasn't about a connection to God. It wasn't about being of service or um, even being a good person, really. Um, and for me, like, the success and the food went, like, 
they could happen together until all of a sudden it was just the food. Um, and not, I think part of proving to the world I was important, a big part of that was like not being able to hear um, advice or suggestions that people had for me. So on page two when he says um, towards the bottom, I failed to persuade my Boca friends to send me out looking over factories and managements, but my wife and I decided to go anyway. That's been a common theme in my life. Like, I know better. Even if someone has way more experience than me or they've been through something similar, I would never think that anyone... I, I felt alone. I felt like no one understands me. I know better. I got this. Like, I know what I need to do. Um, which caused me to make a lot of really bad choices <laughs> um, and get myself into a lot of situations. Um, and I can remember using food even as a really young child, but I feel like for me, it progressed through high school and, and I started to, um, I, was, I was always curious about eating disorders, even in elementary school. Like I wrote, a, um, my first research paper ever was on eating disorders in elementary <laughs> school. And I remembered I interviewed my neighbor across the street who's actually in OA. And um, so it's kind of crazy that, because I had to hear about even in my disease for years before I ever would come to a meeting. But um, the food for me, even though I was, I was always an addict, um, when I was in college, I um, was held at gunpoint at, and it was attempted rape. And it's a miracle that I got away. It's a total miracle. <laughs> But for me, that moment, it's not, it's not the reason I ate, because I was already eating. I was already making myself sick. I was already abusing laxative. I was doing all the things. But for me, after that um, experience is when fear completely controlled me. I, so it's when the food went from being like, well, sometimes I eat in my room by myself, and I binge all the time, but I also like go out, and I have friends, and I go to parties, and I celebrate. Like After that, it was a lot more of like, I can't go out, like I'm scared to go out. I, um, you know, and I turned very much inward. I, I wasn't very trusting of people anymore. I was just scared all the time and I was very angry. And um, so the isolation um, really took over. And it's crazy because it's the first time I've ever talked about that, like in the rooms and I, I've been in program for a long time, but it's, weird how like God reveals things to you in layers so this year when I was thinking about everything it's like God that not just not just being consumed by the food and like thinking about like okay what am I gonna eat what did I eat what should I eat what are they eating how am I gonna get rid of this what am I gonna do like yeah that that totally existed but that fear too um is something that was so paralyzing um and so when he talks about like fair weather friends and losing friends and becoming a lone wolf, like I, I would lash out because I was afraid and I would do, like I can remember um, like walking to my apartment at night and it wasn't even late, it was like still light out. And if someone would even say something like, excuse me, I need directions, I was so scared that I would lash out and be like, oh, oh, this is being recorded, I'm not going to like use it. <laughs> but like I would threaten, like violently threaten them, like with, like I'm going to do something to you with a knife, like get away from me. Um, and it's crazy to think about that because that's not who I am, but that's 
that's who I am in this disease. Um, I'm a person that will threaten you with weapons, apparently. <laughs> um, and just feeling like, um, like when it talks, when Bill talks about being a lone wolf and his the the remonstrances, uh, the protests of his friends terminated in a row and became a lone wolf. Like I had this feeling of everyone's out to get me, and I have to take care of myself because no one's going to take care of me. And it's it's a part of being self absorbed, really. Like nobody was thinking about me that much, but <laughs> I felt I felt paranoid, and I felt um, I did feel like everyone's mission in life was to make things challenging for me. Um, so, um, page four, um, when, well, in sort of in the middle of the page, the paragraph that starts with abruptly, uh, in the, towards the end of that paragraph, so, when the stock market crashes and, um, the papers reported many men jumping to death from towers of high finance. That disgusted me. I would not jump. I went back to the bar. And that's how I felt when I learned about OA. Like, it, it really disgusted me. And it disgusted me to even think that I could belong here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because I really didn't want to belong here. <laughs> um, and then to, to look ahead, and um, if you know Bill's story, he... Um, on page six, it's just two pages later, where he's cursing himself for a weakling towards the bottom of the page, and then came the night when the physical and mental torture was so hellish, I feared I would burst through my window, sash and all, and so um, that's where the disease took me. It took me from judging everyone else for where they were at and not really being able to see what this disease was doing to me to uh, not wanting to wake up in the morning because it wasn't a matter of if I was gonna eat, it was like, how long can I hold out? Like, can I even hold out for the morning until I have to get something? Like, am I gonna make it to work today? Am I, you know, I, it just, it took over my whole life. Um, and it wasn't, it, it even says in here, um, it's either on page four or five. Oh yeah, on page five, um, in the middle, gradually things got worse. And I think in OA, a lot of times it's even more gradual, and so it's harder to see um, the decline. <laughs> uh, it's harder mm-hmm. to see the progression. Um, but for me, one of the big ones is like on the top of page five, liquor ceased to be a luxury. It became a necessity. And so like maybe in the beginning, I was enjoying ice cream, and I was enjoying food at parties, and I was eating too much of it, and I was thinking about it, and I was getting it at home. But that's different than going through the trash. That's different than eating Baker's chocolate, which actually tastes really gross. So it was just about getting substance into my body um, or and eating food that wasn't mine a lot or putting soap on food and then putting it in the sink and rinsing it off and eating it. It's like, that doesn't taste good when it's pizza. Um, so, you know, just, yeah, doing doing all the things that um, I know a lot of us in the room have done and feeling like um, having these promising opportunities too that Bill talks about and then those opportunities going away because I just couldn't get myself together. I wasn't present. I was just in the food. And so many times 
there's a paragraph on page five. I woke up. This had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises, but my wife happily observed that this time I meant business. And he really did. Like, and I really did. I made those promises, and I'm like, this, has, this is crazy. I have to stop this. This is nuts. What am I doing? Like, I have so much to live for. Like, why am I doing this? You know? And it genuinely didn't make sense to me. Like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. I, I'm not getting any... Like, what am I getting out of it? I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. And feeling like, today's the day. Today's the day that I'm going to do it. And shortly afterward, just like Bill, when he says shortly afterward, I came home drunk. It just... I couldn't string even half of a day together. Um, and I'd, and I, I didn't understand, even when I first came into OA why that was um, because I heard a lot of people talk about the problem and I am thankful for that because it was the first time I heard people talk about problem that I could identify with but I didn't hear a lot about the solution and how to stop (laughs) stop the problem Um, and um, page six um, The remorse, horror, and hopelessness of the next morning are unforgettable. The courage to do battle was not there. My brain raced uncontrollably, and there was a terrible sense of impending calamity. And um, I definitely identify with that and feeling like, yeah, I did it again, here we go again, or being on the, um, I can remember being on Lincoln Drive and thinking, like, how curvy it is. It's It's this really curvy street and people drive too fast on it and just thinking like how easy would it be if I just doop, like well you know um because I just I didn't understand what was happening to me and I didn't know how to make it stop mm-hmm. and I did the same thing as Bill I cursed myself for a weakling I felt like what's wrong with me like why can't I do this and because I didn't understand that I have a disease that um I, I blamed it on my moral character or my self-discipline. And um, I know now that, that this is an illness. Um, and I saw um, on page seven. Oh, yeah. So on page seven, um, he tries, like, uh, hydrotherapy and going to um, a hospital. And he sees a doctor who explained that, Though certainly selfish and foolish, I had been seriously ill bodily and mentally. And um, that self-knowledge, so even even coming to understand that I have an illness, um, and, I, and I did therapy, like, throughout the years, especially, like, after um, that incident in college. I, I went to therapy, and I went to different doctors, and I remember that um, one of the doctors prescribed me with a medicine that um, it was supposed to curb my appetite um and I it didn't really matter I the medicine wasn't strong enough I guess because I kept eating um or therapy which like I think can be super helpful but it was a lot of me like just um now that I know what a resentment is it's a refill refeeling rethinking um reliving that's for what a lot of therapy for me was was um a lot of just like separating myself further and further from reality and just like digging those trenches of like what these people did to me um and why I am this way and it's all their fault and blah 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 but um therapy can be super helpful not not knocking therapy but that's what I did in therapy um and 
um, and even that self-knowledge, like going to therapy and like, even if I would have come to this enlightenment and understood why I ate this way and if it was an absent father or a mentally ill mother or like, even if I would have had 100% understanding, I still would have been a compulsive overeater. I still would have left the doctor's office and bought, bought a pint of Ben and Jerry's. Like that's not the solution. Um, but I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out because I'm a very analytical person. I like to understand things. And um, my sponsor says, and it, I think it's a famous 12-step saying, but I was already a pickle. I was never going to be a cucumber. <laughs> and I spent so much time thinking about how did I become a pickle and what year was it? And when, you know, I was like, I'm a pickle. We're done. Um, <laughs> and when... Um, when it says on the bottom of seven, she would have to give me over to the undertaker or the asylum, talking about his wife. Um, they did not need to tell me. I knew and almost welcomed the idea. And I can remember even being in program and my husband and my sponsor both saying, you know, you might need to go away. This isn't working. Like, you might need to actually like, go away somewhere. And, um, and, it, and it was a devastating blow to my pride, just like it was for Bill. Um, but it was where I needed to be taken to my knees, and um, I heard someone say, step one is messy, <laughs> and it was really messy. And part of the messiness was that my bottom came at a time where it didn't make sense anymore why I was using food the way that I was, um, because you know I had a loving husband, and I had a job, and we had a home, and uh, I was making new friends and um, things were like going well but um, that just made the insanity of the disease it highlighted it because yeah it wasn't there was no re I couldn't come up with a reason of why I was still I was still doing this and um, my favorite line in the big book is on the middle of page 8 how dark it is before the dawn and that was true for me because I couldn't have known what was around the corner. In reality, that was the beginning of my last debauch. I, I couldn't have imagined that, and that I would soon be catapulted into what I like to call the fourth dimension of existence. I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. And um, that's true for me. I, I didn't know, and it, and it wasn't my pair of power because I said I, my first day of abstinence was Halloween. That's for a person who struggled for that many years in this disease doing such weird, bad, awful things with food. It doesn't make any sense to a logical person why I would be able to put the food down on Halloween in my own strength. So I know it was a power greater than me, and I couldn't have imagined that that would be when it happened. Um, and then even when, um, when his friend comes... Um, seeing recovery and for me it was hearing it because when I called um, my sponsor to ask her to sponsor me I couldn't see her but it was the first time because I said in the meetings I would hear a lot about the problem it was the first time I could hear recovery and it sounded different and that's for a person like all I wanted was to lose weight and look good at my wedding but that I, I heard something that I wanted which is a miracle too because I thought I would only see something that I wanted um and um, and then 
the the prejudice that he talks about what page I mean it talks about prejudice like 20 times in the big book but um it's new idea I needed new ideas and um about everything really I needed new ideas and I needed to be open to new ideas and um Yeah. Oh, I didn't write anything else. So I and I I forget things a lot lately. I actually um, what did you say? Your how you described a word? How you've been feeling lately? Like airy or meh? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so I also yeah. have been feeling that way. Um, <laughs> and feeling like and and especially leading up to talking today, I'm like, but I've been feeling meh. <laughs> um, and uh, so I my sponsor is an angel and was like you should maybe like go to when was the last time you went to your doctor maybe you have a vitamin deficiency or maybe you have something and um and I do I have vitamin deficiencies that make it hard for me to um my memory it affects my memory and my thinking sometimes so um yeah recovery doesn't (laughs) makes me far from perfect (laughs) but um like Laura said it gives me the tools so uh god help me think of what I was going to say or think of something else that you want me to say. (laughs) Oh, I know what it was, the prejudice. So even, I feel like even in a way we can have prejudice about how to work the steps. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to share that um, when I, when I first got my sponsor, a vision for you, I think it was, it was, well, it was in 2012. So I guess vision started in 2011. So I actually didn't use the big book. We touched on the big book, but I didn't use the big, I didn't go through the big book the way that I sponsor people now and the way that I uh, went back through so that I would know how to sponsor people and go deeper for myself. But I'm just saying God used it. So there's no like perfect, you know, God meets you when you're willing and you're ready and there's no perfect sponsor and there's no perfect way to do your fourth step or you know, surrender in the third step or do any of it. It's very imperfect. And the beautiful thing is that um, recovery progresses. So if I miss something or something new comes up, um, I have a way to process it and to um, to work through it. So um, I think I I will end with that. And... If you have anything that you want to add before we open it for questions, I don't know. It's actually 10. So oh, perfect. Okay. Good.